This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit provides information on how you can lead a healthy lifestyle. I'm the host, Josie Bidwell. Search for and subscribe to Southern Remedy on any podcasting app to not miss any episode. Welcome back. Horticulture is filled with rushing, and we're going to be talking about anything related to gardening. I know this is the latter half of, uh, heck, it's almost, it's almost, it is the end of 2023, and we got a lot of weird stuff going on. And thank goodness we're talking about gardening today, because gardeners, gardening doesn't care who you are, who your mom and them are, what you think, all that. Gardening is a hobby. It's an occupation. It's a way to grow things and to share with others. And for the next hour, we're going to talk about your efforts and what you'd like to do, what you've had, what you've struggled to do, maybe what you failed at doing, what you'd like to try. For the next hour, let's just talk about gardening. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. Java, how are you this morning? You kids are home from school, Crystal Office teaching and all that right now? Yeah, I have the makings of a um, holiday pajama slash costume party for me whenever I whenever I get back home today it's going to be pajama slash costume Christmas party <laughs> and, and, it, and it only takes a java that's it that's it it only it only takes a, at a java you got a party <laughs> there you go so uh, I, I'm still over in England it's a little chilly now it's a kind of cold where you know people may not understand that England doesn't get as cold as you think, even though it's the same latitude as Nova Scotia, it's straight across from 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 northern well, it's northern Europe. But it, because it's surrounded by warm water, it never really gets that cold. It'll freeze a lot of snow and fog because of the air around us and all. But uh, as far as cold, it actually doesn't get cold. It gets colder in Mississippi. It really, really does. We grow fig trees outside here, but because it's a long cool season. And it cools down at night in the summertime. We can grow cherries and peonies and things like that. But we're talking about gardening in Mississippi right now in uh, Java. Uh, let me ask you this: when when I first when when I first started having kids, I vowed to have no little red and yellow and blue plastic toys all over the house. And you can imagine how long that lasted. Not very long. <laughs> no, no. Have, have you stepped on a Lego in the middle of the night with just your socks? Man, too many times. Too many times. Well, I came across something kind of interesting. Lego's been around a long time. Matter of fact, I don't want to get into this. Not one of those. Well, yeah, this is an answer to a question I asked. Where did Legos come from? Uh, there's a guy named Ole Kirk Christensen. Uh, he was a carpenter in Denmark. He'd been making wooden toys since 1930s. Anyway, he named his company Lego, which came from the Danish phrase let goat, which means play well. Lego means play well in Danish. Anyway, he, he started doing all this stuff in the 1940s. But here's what I want to share with you, uh, uh, Job and everybody else. This is something that was on the instructions of a Lego container from the 1970s. We're talking about half a century ago. Here's what Lego was saying to parents. The urge to create is equally strong in all children, boys and girls. 
It's imagination that counts, not skill. You build whatever comes into your head the way you want it, a bed or a truck, a dollhouse or a spaceship. A lot of boys like dollhouses because they're more human than spaceships. A lot of girls prefer spaceships because they're more exciting than dollhouses. The most important thing is to put the right material in their hands and let them create whatever appeals to them. Now, that kind of progressive for half a century ago. Put the right material in their hands and let them create whatever appeals to them. Java, does that sound like gardening to you? That's what I was just about to say. And it's one of the Legos along with gardening is one of those activities from like one to ninety nine. If you can dig in the dirt, then you can garden. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, I got a Lego kit for myself uh, a couple of years ago, and I haven't put it together because I in the right after I got it, uh, my first grandchild was born, my granddaughter, and I decided to save this for her. Uh, it's a Lego for adults. It's a uh, flower arranging. You can make flower uh, flower arrangements using Legos, and they're so incredibly detailed and beautiful and, and all. And I looked at it and said, first of all, there's a lot of parts here. It's too much for me. So uh, I decided to box it up, and I'm saving it for my, my little granddaughter when she gets old enough to not swallow all the parts. But they have <laughs> Legos for grown-ups, too. Anyway, back to gardening. This is what we do. We get the right materials and Say, you go with it. You do what you ever want to. And uh, I think this is a great season. Look around and see how people are expressing their personalities and how they decorate for the holidays. Uh, unfortunately, in a couple of weeks, the holidays going to be over. We're going to take down all that kind of stuff, and we're left with what? I'm thinking, this is where we kick in. This is where the Gestalt Gardener kicks in. Come next, next month, next year, we're going to see how we can have more personal fun whether you like a dollhouse or a spaceship in your yard we're gonna have some fun so anyway wh- wh- how did i get on this java um we're just trying to fill the time while we wait for the calls to come in <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it is it is a live program i just got real excited i've had my my meat and potato pie I'm gonna head down to the pub in a little while because it's late in the afternoon where i am uh too cold and wet to really do much outside so i'm tending to indoor plants now uh, I did have a, fel- a a question for you, Felder. Um, okay. Pertain- yeah, pertaining to overseas because I know we um, do the Christmas lights over here, and we we actually put some up on my uh, on, on our house um, a couple actually a couple days ago. We're gonna get the weekend and and then pull them down. But um, yeah. are Christmas lights a big a big thing uh, across the pond? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know, you're not going to see any inflatable Grinches. Oh, you know? okay, okay. <laughs> Partly because it's too windy, but uh, no, there's a lot of lights, a lot of Christmas trees, a whole lot of uh, people putting. You know, over here, the houses and the yards are not as big, so a lot of times people don't have a front door and a couple of windows because they're long rows of terrace houses. But there's a lot of lights out, a whole lot of stuff put in windows, and uh, of course, big decorated uh, holiday and Christmas trees downtown this is where a lot of it sort of originated i guess started in germany came over here and then went on on, on over to uh victoria spread it from germany over to america so yep a lot, lot of lights a lot of stuff like that and uh it's really pretty interesting so uh, as far as indoors i don't do much uh decorating you know because really I, and I, I, you know, I was raised with Christmas and holidays and all like that. But today's a big deal for me because it's solstice. I don't, I'm not a sun worshiper, but today is the solstice. 
the beginning of the new solar year. So starting today, uh, we're starting to free fall towards spring, and that's what I'm thinking about. Uh, it, it's sort of a, a rebirth of the season. And uh, that's where all these other ancient religions kind of started off, is uh, celebrating a, uh, a renewal of sorts. And that all started with the solstice, which is to, happy solstice, everybody. Are you mad you didn't go to, um, or disappointed you didn't go to Stonehenge? <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's, that's down in the southern part of England. A lot of people, I've been there, actually, for the, the rising of the sun on the winter and on the summer solstice. I've uh, been there, but uh, it's kind of rainy and overcast and windy, so I'm just, I'm, 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 be, I'm between pies and a pint of lager. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to stay warm, Java. But uh, I do have some, some fun indoor plants that, that I've been taking care of for, gosh, 14 or 15 years now. Uh, and I, I put a, a, some, some little, not Christmas ornaments, but empty little aluminum pie plates on it. So it's sort of like a Christmas tree. So how, how about y'all? You start to get the kids starting to get excited. Oh, they have been excited for a while. I mean, you know, some uh, relatives sent in gifts through the mail and we put them under the Christmas tree. And I know it seems like every other morning. Is it Christmas? Is it Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and a little bit of a note, you know, as far as gardening goes, you know, this is the time of year when when we take stock of all sorts of stuff. You know, we're tired. We've had a lot of it's been a weird year. It's been this time a year ago. We had a hard freeze and we had that late freeze and a hot, dry summer. A lot of people just don't want to think about gardening. But this is the time when I start thinking about what happened, you know, looking back and looking forward. It's called my Felder Fesses Up. Now, I know we're going to be off next week because of the new year. So it'll be uh, 2024 before I come back to this. But I've already started my, my annual newspaper column, which is in daily and weekly papers around the state, called Felder Fesses Up. The stuff that I did stupid or that went wrong for me this past year and what I hope to do next year. So uh, anyway, and I, I have plenty of stuff. One of the things, Java, I've had an old rubber tree that I grew from a cutting in Corpus Christi, Texas, off of a rubber tree that was growing in the ground in Corpus Christi. You know, it's a subtropical place. I took a cutting in 1973, okay? Okay. And that's 51 years ago. Well, it died 50 years ago. I killed it this year. I killed a 50-year-old rubber tree. I've dragged it from house to house and through college and rental houses and apartments and back and forth. And I've done everything this plant needed, watering and pruning to bring it in and fertilizing and then bathing and repotting and, and dragging her half a century. And this year, I killed it. Well, it, it's a li- it, it lived a life. Yeah, but I killed it. The reason I killed it because I set it outside, like I always do in the summertime. I bring it in to protect it from from the the freeze. Uh, but I set it outside, assuming it would get some rain over the summer, and it didn't. And by the time I got to it, it was so shriveled up, and the roots were so I I couldn't revive it. And I tried to, and in the process, I overwatered it and I rotted the roots. So it didn't just die from my neglect. I actually tried to, oh, oh, too hard to revive it, and I killed it. So people, if you've got listeners who have problems with indoor plants, or poinsettia dropping their leaves and, and all this kind of stuff, I, I, I'm there with you, and I'd be glad to talk about it. So a lot of potted plants, a lot of holiday plants, people wondering what they should do or, or not do. 
let's talk about it. Give us a call, folks. It's toll-free. It's one eight seven seven mtb ring Be glad to yak with you about what's going on in, in your garden or not this time of year. Felder, before we take our first break, let's um, talk with our first caller. Um, Pig in Mandeville um, wants to join the conversation, and she actually, I believe, has has a limerick. Oh, okay. This is something we started last week, a garden-related limerick. How are you this morning, Peg? Is it Pig or Peggy? It, well, it's Peggy, but people call me Peg, so either okay. one, they work. What, what you got um, going on? What, yeah. what you got? Well, I was thinking about, you know, just our general climate this past summer, and I wrote this little limerick. The summer of heat and drought made me unhappy. I wanted to shout. But I know come the spring, Mother Nature will bring sweet flowers without a doubt. (laughs) That is perfect for this time of year. That's perfect, Peg. I appreciate that. I hope you have a a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, and a, and a, a lot better New Year. Yes, and this time I bought an Arbor Vitae. Is that how you call it? The, what? For my Christmas tree? Yeah, I call it Arbor Vitae because I'm just from okay. the south. But it means tree of, yeah, tree of yeah. life. It's a good one. Well, what you guys, it was green, and it was conical-shaped, and it wasn't as expensive as the yew trees at the, at the garden center. So, right. I wonder, right. I want to put it in. I want to put it in the ground. I still have this feeling that if I'm going to cut a tree down, it doesn't make sense when I could put it in the ground. That's yeah, true. and that's true. Yeah, and the arborvitae. By, by the way, it, it, they they even changed the name of it, but nobody. It goes by Thuja. T H U G. Excuse me. T H U J A. Everybody still calls it arborvitae. It grows in cemeteries in Louisiana. It's that tough. Matter of fact, the the easiest way to kill it is by watering it too much or never watering it like what happened this summer. But it's normally a really good cemetery tough, uh, depending on what what variety, what cultivar you've got. It could be a medium to large shrub or almost like a small tree, but usually considered a shrub. Well, it's small right now, and we'll see what happens when we put it in the ground. If it can survive the droughts, you know, then it'll make it. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you have an indoor, is it decorated, use it like an indoor plant right now? No, I'm waiting till the very last moment. Yeah, that's the reason I'm saying because, you know, it really does better outside in the regular t- cool temperature. This plant grows outside even up north, so it needs cold, but it also doesn't like the low humidity of indoors. So if you're going to bring it in just for a few hours or a day or so at a time, set it back out at night if you can. But it's a great, great evergreen plant. You surround a lot of older Louisiana houses, uh, see it in cemeteries even. Terrific plant. Well, then let me ask you one thing, too, because it's in a rather small pot. Did I yeah. put it in a bigger pot now before I put it inside to decorate it or wait till after Christmas? Well, I don't. I, six, six and two threes, as we say, it's, uh, it doesn't okay. really matter. You know, in a smaller pot, it's more likely to fall over. It's more likely to dry out more quickly. But as long as you water it as often as it needs it uh, and and doesn't flop over, it's not that big a deal. But when you do plant okay. it in the, in the garden, dig the hole extra wide. Don't add a bunch of stuff to your dirt, but be sure you gently loosen up the potting soil and roots and spread those out a little bit so it doesn't have a pot-shaped root root in the ground. 
it'll do a lot better okay. that way. But nothing All to right. it, Peg. Yeah. I pre- All right. appreciate Thank your call. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. All righty, Java. And uh, by the way, we, I, I've got some things about the roadrunner share, but let's talk about gardening. Let's start in Jackson. Let's talk about Hibbit. Hibbit, thank you for holding on, man. What's up? Hey, Felder. Uh, I bought some tulip bulbs, and can I plant them now, or do I need to refrigerate them? Well, you don't need to refrigerate them. Uh, they already have their flower bud in them, and, and I, I'm sure you know that tulips are one shot. Once they bloom this next year, you know, they're, they're done. Just pull them up and compost them. Uh, they will bloom better if they had a little refrigeration ahead of time. I don't know this late in the season whether it's worth doing or not, but if you want to start them in the in the the vegetable crisper in the refrigerator for a month or so, you can actually plant these as late as Valentine's Day, and they'll still bloom. They're just not going to be as quite as big as so. Uh, why, why not plant, put some in the fridge and plant some in, in pots and see how they do? Great idea. I'll do that. Little experiment there, sir. Hibbit. All right, Felder. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Back at you. Yeah, tulips are the only bulb that really need refrigerating. They need pre-chilling here in the in the deep and the lower south, and certainly the coastal south. Um, they don't need it to bloom. They need it to grow really well, and that's what the bloom is on the top of that. So, anyway, if you've never grown tulips before. Uh, just keep in mind, they're one shot. Unless you live in extreme northeast Mississippi, way up in what we call the icebox, they're going to be a one-shot thing. Uh, very few people get around this, and thousands try. Anyway, let's, let's speaking of northeast Mississippi, let's slide up to Aberdeen. Mike, how are you doing this morning? I am great. I appreciate the, uh, the information I've been hearing. Heck yeah. What's up? Well, I have had issues with my peach trees i've got 10 peach trees and for three years now the peaches will get to be about the size of a golf ball and then they'll quit on me and they'll, they'll dry up uh I've, I've done everything i know to do uh pruning them knocking some of the you know peaches off so they don't have so many yeah. on there yeah and i still come up with the same thing every year Oh boy, and this is uh this falls this this falls into that little nether area where it could be one of several things. One is if you don't prune your trees pretty hard, uh, then they're gonna not gonna be as bigger. Commercial growers always prune. Every year they prune hard every single year and they don't do it because they don't have anything else to do. They so pruning uh thinning the trees, you know, make sure there's not too much on there and then maybe thinning some of the fruit, that does help. Uh, but even then, if if the if the peaches don't get completely pollinated, uh, they're not forming a good seed in there. The fruit is going to abort, uh, and and apples and other things is called June drop. Sometime in late May or June, a lot of plants have more fruit than they can carry, or they weren't pollinated right, and they'll simply abort. Uh, and sometimes the plants are just under a lot of stress. But there's no real definitive reason if they're making if they're blooming and making fruit then that means they're getting pollinated. And those are the, the biggest obstacles uh, for, for peaches in Mississippi. So other than that, it's going to be something related to stress, uh, maybe a little pollination issue. About all I can recommend this winter is thin out some of, the, some of the branches, get rid of some of the clutter, take some of the stress off the tree, and uh, maybe that will help it hold some of the fruit. Uh, yeah, I'm 
I radically yeah. prune those every year uh, uh-huh. for the last three years. And the trees aren't but about five years old, maybe six. Yeah. And uh, well, you know, these, well, you know, when when you buy a fruit tree, peaches and plums and apples and pears, they're grafted. You know, that th- that's mature wood. They can technically make fruit the first year you put them out there. Uh, but they yeah. usually don't because they're too weak. So I, well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you're not over-fertilizing, are you? Because that will kick yeah. plants into vegetative growth that can throw off fruit. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I, I just fertilize them uh, lightly. Well, if you're, pr- if you're pruning and you fertilize them lightly, they bloom instead of uh, it, it said any kind of fruit at all. It ticked off all the boxes. I'm stumped. I'm stumped. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, it, you know, and I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with being stumped. I wish I knew, but uh, the, my next step would be to either uh, me get in touch with them, or you contact the folks up at their experiment station. Uh, they're just uh, over, just south of Tupelo. They are. They have fruit specialists there. They specialize in tree fruits. Um, and you know, this is what they write the publication on growing peaches in Mississippi. But it's the uh, I forget the name of that research station. It's in uh, the one on Highway 15 south of Pontiac. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I know that one real well. My, yeah, my father-in-law used to rent that land to them. So. Yeah, so you know I, that that'd be my next I'll step. Is, okay, well, good. all I can say is good luck. Got me stumped. All right, I love your show. Thank you. Okay, appreciate it. Okay, let's stay over on that side of the state and talk with Candace. Candace is calling from New Albany. Good morning, Candace. Okay. How ha- Hello there. Howdy. You need to turn your phone, turn your radio down, please. Okay. Yeah. Hi there. Hi. What's up? Good morning. I was told that you could pull up your geraniums after summer, put them in a closet, and replant them in the spring. Is that true? It is, but what's up with the closet thing? They don't need that. Oh, they don't need the closet? What do you do with them? No. Here's the deal. With geraniums, we're called pelargoniums. They're the zonal geraniums. They have that kind of a spicy smell leaf. They're actually almost like succulents. I see those growing in the cracks of, of, of sidewalks in places like California, you know, where it, does, where it doesn't freeze that hard. The thing is, they're easy to rot over the winter. See, so if you leave them in a pot, you put them in a window, you water them, but don't keep them too wet, you can keep them going indoors all winter. Some people can't do that, so what they do is they, especially outside, they pull them up, they shake all the potting soil off, they cut them back to just, you know, finger-sized stems, and they just keep them inside over the winter, no leaves, no water, no nothing, and then they pot them back up, put them back out in the spring, and they take off. So they can go uh, a month, two, three months, Completely dry it up. But you said just cut them back, stop watering them, bring them in where they don't freeze, but you don't have to stick them in a the closet. They, we're just trying to keep them from freezing w- without rotting them with too much water in the winter. But that's all. Got you, it. But you, you, you but can, can cut, cut them up. with no water? Yeah, yeah. That's what a lot of old timers found that you could take them, shake all the pines off, cut them back to, you know, to, to, to good sized stubs, you know, cut all the tender little stuff off. Just hang them up and put them in the in, in the in the the room with your washer and dryer. Got it. So you don't have unsightly pots while the the plant doesn't have the inner flowers. You can just bring them out in the spring. 
Okay, well, yeah. thank you very much. Well, uh, let me ask you this. Are these outdoors? Did you have them in pots or what? Oh, they were in the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would just pull them up, shake a lot of the potting soil off, cut them back a little bit, and just put them in a place that's cool and dry. And then sometime in late February, March, put them in little pots, get them started again, set them out. Very good. Thank you very much. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for your call. You're welcome. Bye. No, Java, man, there's so much weird, weirdness going on. I think it's the solstice. I'm not sure. Well, I think sometimes it doesn't even have to. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the solstice for the weirdness. <laughs> That's right. Well, listen, there's, uh, there's, uh, we, we want to talk with folks about what's going on in your garden. I know that a lot of people are thinking about next year already. Maybe you haven't finished up this year. Maybe you got some chores. Maybe you have some plants that suffered and you think you need to prune them. We can talk about all that kind of stuff. I don't know everything. I can sure find some stuff out because I'm curious, too. And I got really good contacts. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and Java, while we're waiting on some calls to come pouring in, uh, I've been playing around with Merriam-Webster's Word of the Year for 2023. Any idea what it is, this year's I, Word of the Year? I, I know they do this every year. But I'm 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 unfamiliar and I'm I'm kind of scared to hear what it is too. Well, it's 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 not so much what the word is, but where am I going to take it? But the word for the year is authentic. It's <laughs> what? Authentic. That was the Merriam-Webster's word of the year for this year. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, but now here's my take on authentic. Uh, experts pretty much agree that that uh, choosing to show yourself in a state of mischief can be authentic. <laughs> uh, state of mischief, rejecting the expectation that you need to be putting your best foot forward all the time. <laughs> In other words, mischief mode, bucking the status quo, playful, rebellious energy. Does that sound like something I would do in my yard? That, sound, that, sound, <laughs> that sounds pretty felt like a, like a little felderism <laughs> or something. Well, it's just, it's not so much, I mean, I've always been this way, but now that I feel that my authentic self is to be in mischief mode, up to no, 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 not up to no good, more like doing what I want rather than toe the horticultural lines. And luckily, I live in a neighborhood where we don't have a code of acceptability. I'm not talking about breaking rules, Dolly, just trying to please myself and my family and friends a little bit more. And so that's going to be some of the things I'm working on this next week for my annual Felder Fest is up. Things that I want to do this next year that are in the mischief mode. Uh, you want to hear a couple of them? Yeah, because now is the time. Yeah, everybody's making their list about how they want to approach 2024 and things like that. Yeah, so what you got, Felder? Well, I, I, I'm going to let the you know, letting the autumn leaves lie on the ground. I don't feel like I got to rake everything up. That's, you know, this it's really important for, for insects and caterpillars and things that birds eat to let the leaves lie. But uh, I'm going to celebrate winter weeds. I'm going to plant more instead of pulling them up. I'm going to call them wildflowers and hide them in plain sight by sticking out daffodils with them. Um, so, in other words, go on with that flow. I'm going to add an extra bottle tree to catch a glint of color before daylight saving time rolls back around. Uh, I'm going to leave some holiday lights up all year because they make me smile and turn a boxwood into a big old green meatball just to let the neighbors know that I at least know what I'm able to do, what it takes to fit in. So, uh, oops, Java, I've been doing these all along. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, 
Oh, me. No, I'm just going to relax a little bit more if that's possible. But at the same time, Java, I made a resolution a couple of years ago. Uh, I'm working with my friend Rick Griffin, who's a landscape architect. He helped, uh, well, he laid out the design for my garden. He helped me find more places to trash my yard out uh, just to have fun. Well, I got too much. I went overboard. I became too much of a maverick. And what I've been doing the past couple of years, and I'm going to continue the next year, is to uh, – not undo, but to less do. I'm going to, you know, if a, some of my plants died this past year, I'm not going to replace them. Uh, I like the, the, the open spaces. Uh, this past year, I, I took an area that was mulch pathway and it was really nice and I had to weed it all the time. And I put flags on that. So I've got flags on all the way around my backyard. And I can walk around in my, my bare feet if I want to with a cup of coffee and not have to worry about stepping on something or stubbing my toe or getting stuff on the bottom of my feet. So I'm just trying to make my yard a little bit more, uh, not acceptable, but more more accessible, I should, I, I, I'm saying. So I'm just going to try to, to nice up some of the trashy stuff I've been doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway. It, it makes sense. <laughs> it does. Uh, You know, one of the things I've done over the past three or four years, I've gradually stopped collecting plants. Uh, I sort of satiated that. I'm I'm, I'm surfeited uh, with plants. I don't feel like I have to have 17 different kinds of sense of error anymore. So I've narrowed it down to the the weirdest five. And even that's weird because most people only have one. So what I'm trying to do is try to to savor more of what I've got instead of trying to keep collecting more and more and more and more. And that way I enjoy what I have a little bit better. It sounds like, sounds like I'm slowing down, but actually I'm just wanting to savor a little bit more. That's all. So how about you? You got anything, uh, you know, you, you in the prime with your family, you know, you and Crystal or, you know, with work and kids and all like that. Are you going to take much time for you, Java? Yeah, the thing I'm thinking about for 2024, um, I mean, you know, I'll be turning 40 next year. And I was talking I was, <laughs> I was talking with someone, you know, if if everything goes right, you know, I I, I put down the little Debbie's a little bit and, and, and walk around the block. I, I, I can say I, I can say I have about 40, 40 more years. So, you know, so how do I want to spend the next 40 to 50 years? And I. I said my number one thing was I want to see how I could spend more time at home, you know, with the kids. Yeah. So it's, yeah. we can all get into that hustle and bustle and I have to be here, I have to be there. But my main my main goal is, you know, spending out the rest of my my days is how I can spend more time at home. And like you say, just kind of savoring the things that, you know, that come up out of life because you can't you can't. Uh, control everything, but you can, you know, control your approach and your outlook on it. So that's yeah. what I'm trying to do from 2024 on. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more umami. You know about umami? Break it down. Umami. You know, they're sweet, sour, salt, and bitter. Those are the four flavors, you know, and, and we all know those. But there's a fifth one that's called savory, and uh, the Japanese word for that, umami. It's like, what does... What do mushrooms taste like? They're not sweet, sour, salt, or bitter. They're flavorful. That's umami. And I, and I like to say it as garden umami, relaxing, enjoying, you know, looking at things, smelling things, see, uh, touching things. All Those are important. But some of them are just sitting on a swing and sitting around 
and the smiling. That's what I call garden umami. And uh, with a family, it ain't gonna be easy for it. Putting out the little Debbie's, you know, taking a walk. Those are those are good because it'll help you relax a little bit more. And uh, so that's what I do. Anyway, we've been philosophizing a whole bunch. Let's slide up to Memphis, Tennessee. See what Robert's up to. Robert, thank you for calling. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Uh, first of all, Jolly, you're a baby. Um, <laughs> you're you're not even close to the oh god, how old am I? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, you, you're right. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, but I, I had a limerick for you that I wrote in either middle or high school. So if you heard it from somebody else, they stole it from me. And I Is hope it I clean? Can remember it. Keep it clean. Of course. This is MPB. That's like cursing at a church. <laughs> Let it fly, man. Uh, the famous old Marquis Duplume wondered why flowers did bloom. He ended his search when he questioned a birch and explained, in the blood there's no room. That's actually pretty. You came up with that in high school? Uh, Miller High School, I don't know, but, uh, cool. you know, at uh, at my age, memory is is on its own. So Yeah, well, you, just, you, just for... I can't figure out where the keys are, but I can remember a, a 40-year-old limerick. Okay, well, just because you just dusted off and brought it out again, give it to us one more time and put something in it this time. The famous old Marquis, Marquis de Blume, or de Plume, wondered why flowers did bloom. He ended his search when he questioned a birch, who explained, in the bud there's no room. <laughs> Brilliant, sir. Brilliant, sir. Happy solstice. Thank you for sharing, man. <laughs> Happy solstice. Good Yule. Any holiday where people can get together and enjoy each other, I'm in favor of it. There you go. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. This is kind of a silly day today. I'm not sure why, but uh, I, th- I think it's just we, we, we need some liberty. We need some liberty. Let's slide down to Lauderdale County, to Meridian. Wayne, what's going on in your world? It's a beautiful day in Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. What, what, what's I, um I love my pansies and I plant them every year when, I'm, when you drive up to the house. And um, I have a problem with deer coming to eat them. <laughs> now I've heard you could take and spray soap on them, but I'm a little worried about that because I'm not sure if you can kill them. Uh, I put out some repellent that I bought at Walmart. I think the deer carried those off. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, Got any ideas? Yeah, but keep in mind that I work with horticulturists who take care of botanic gardens. And I'm talking about from Japan to Germany, England, California, New York, Mississippi, all over the world where people plant stuff, They sooner or later they have to deal with deer. And if there was a good solution, and there's a lot of solutions out there, and people swear by the the repellents and and the hanging Irish Spring soap and human hair and squirting coal, all these things. If there was something that actually worked reliably, we would all know about it because horticulturists we get on these chat boxes and we you know we share stuff. 
we know that there's not a good repellent that's consistent for deer. If there was, my son, who's a lawyer, and matter of fact, he's an Army major about to be deployed, and he's going to decide what old folks' home I go into. If there was any way I could keep the deer from eating his pansies that I helped him plant, I would. But unfortunately, there's not, other than a fence. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a big deer fence. It could be they have really lightweight fences, uh, almost like heavy-duty bird netting. that You can't see from 10 feet away. They'll snatch a boy off a bicycle. They're that strong, but they're, they're, it's not, you know, it's not like chain-link fence. But other than a physical barrier, uh, there's really not much you can do. You can try all sorts of stuff, but switch them up. If you're going to try home remedies, uh, use two or three different kinds and switch them up all the time to keep the deer confused. But when they're hungry, they're going to eat. No way around it. I, 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 wish, I wish there was something else. I, I am doing one other thing. It, it hadn't proven itself out yet, but... Um, <clears throat> My carport is near where I planted pansies. Uh-huh. And I put a radio out there on a conservative talk station. <laughs> and it runs it runs all night long and I'm kinda hoping my deer are liberal and just won't <laughs> like it. <laughs> but anyway. Hey, I, hey, put your put put your put put your radio on MPB on Friday morning I'll say here, dear, come over here, sweet pansies <laughs> over here. <laughs> no, uh, okay. th- th- well, anyway, it, 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 it you, has worked so far this year, but I have a feeling it's going to pop, you know, break down, and just like you said, I may have to change up to something else. So, anyway, here, here, well, thanks for your time. Might, Appreciate it, uh, uh, Wayne. Wayne, before you go, go here's something. Since it's close to the house, you might try this. They have motion detect motion detection uh, sprinklers. They come on for just a few seconds okay. and something comes by. And you might want to try one of those and get close enough. It detects the motion, and it sets off a sprinkler. That might actually work yeah. because it's close to the house. Sounds like a good idea. Thank you. <laughs> good luck on it, Wayne. Appreciate it. All right. Have a great have a great holiday in Christmas. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you, too. Bye. Java, I came up with something. It's not not related to gardening, but it's sort of related to this philosophy. I came up with the rules for the roadrunner and the coyote. You want to hear them? Yeah, because I've watched many of Looney Tune cartoons, and I and I thought there was no rules when it came to Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. <laughs> Turns out there's seven rules, and you have to follow these. Rule number one: the roadrunner cannot harm the coyote except by going beep beep. It's the only way the roadrunner can harm the coyote. Rule two, no outside force can harm the coyote, only his own ineptitude or the failure of products. Outside forces, he can fall a 1,000 feet, and it's not going to hurt him. He's going to blow himself up. doesn't hurt him. Rule number three, the coyote could stop any time if he weren't a fanatic. <laughs> any time he wants to stop, he could just walk away from this. Uh, and by the way, the definite fanatic is one who redoubles his efforts when he has forgotten his aim. Rule number four, no dialogue ever except beep, beep. You with me so far, Java? Because it's funny you say that about no dialogue. The Wiley Coyote, he always holds up the signs when he wants to say something. <laughs> That's right. Rule five, the roadrunner must stay on the road. 
that he, otherwise we wouldn't call a roadrunner. Rule six, all actions must be confined to the natural environment of the two characters, Southwest American Desert. You never see them in town. And then the last rule, number seven, all materials, tools, weapons, or mechanical conveniences must be obtained from the Acme Corporation. Now, that sounds like a monopoly. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Acme. <laughs> there you go. Hey, let's, let's line up the straw. We'll see what Dietrich is up to. Good morning, Dietrich. Is it Dietrich or you go by Dietrich? No, it's Dietrich. Okay, what's up, man? Hey, I've got a question for you. My mom has this uh, Japanese, well, it's a Magnolia tree. I don't know if it's Japanese. It's not one of these dwarf deals. It's like one of the yeah. real yeah. full-blown Magnolias you have. But we never did prune the lower limbs off when it was growing. Now it's probably about, mm, I would say, between 5 and maybe 12 years old. Maybe not uh-huh. quite that old, but maybe 10, somewhere like that. But we I can't get the lower, can't get the line more underneath the cut underneath the thing because the lower limbs is still, you know, kind of low yeah. to the ground, but they're kind of big too. So when is yeah. the perfect time to prune those lower limbs off? Okay. Well, before I answer your question, let me answer a couple. First of all, this is this one that hold, has big leaves that keeps them all winter long. Yes. Okay, that's just that's our native southern magnolia. That's our official state flower, official state tree. Japanese ones drop their leaves, and those kind of pinker, purple flowers in the late winter. So you've just got a regular magnolia. Uh, second of all, sooner or later, as that tree gets bigger, it's got it's got real vigorous, tight roots that stay fairly shallow. So sooner or later, grass is going to stop growing up under that thing. And this is just the the way it goes. So you know, over the next 10, 15, 20, 100 years, grass is going to peter out. It's going to be a bunch of roots. Plus, they drop all those leaves all the time, which are a booger bear to rake or mow. So, right. you know what I'm saying all that? Most people just kind of go with this flow. And what they'll do is they'll cut a circle. They'll take a shovel or something and make a little tiny little ditch, you know, maybe three or four inches deep and five or six inches wide around all the way around the outside so grass stops. As it gets close to the tree, there's a distinct line. Here's the grass. Here's where the tree and the roots and the leaves stay. And they just let okay. under the tree be part of the tree. So that way if leaves fall on the ground, on the on the grass, you just blow them up under the tree. And there, there are a few mm-hmm. plants you can put under there, like monkey grass. Monkey grass will grow under a magnolia tree. There's a plant called cast iron, aspidistra. It'll grow under a magnolia. But in general, if you cut those limbs off, you're going to find yourself having less and less grass to mow and more and more cursing all those leaves. So if you can fix this now, you'll save a lot of trouble down the years. So that, that's the first pro. To answer your question, you can cut a limb off a tree anytime you get around to it, anytime. But when you do, don't leave a stub. If you're cutting a limb off, cut it flush with the trunk. If you're cutting a branch off, cut it flush with the limb. Don't, don't leave any kind of stubs. And um, if you do that, you can do it any time you get around to it. Okay. Uh, I just, okay, I just trying great. to say that, that, yeah, that down the road, it would look more interesting. This is what they do in botanic gardens. But, again, where the grass is growing, when it gets up under the tree, just make it where the grass stops and make a distinct line. And all of a sudden, it looks like you're doing it on purpose, which you are. But it makes the grass look better than just petering out up under the tree. And it gives a place to blow all those leaves. Gotcha. Perfect. And, and, perfect. And, 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 and this is a lot easier on you. 
But anyway, answer questions anytime. Just, just, <laughs> just don't leave a sub. I got you. I understand. Okay. Good luck. Good luck, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for all your advice and happy holidays to you. Thank you. Appreciate it, Dietrich. Thank you, sir. And all from right. me to you, Felder, happy holidays, man. We're coming on the end of the show, we and are. I won't I won't talk to you formally. You know, we'll, we'll correspond, but I won't talk to you formally until 2024 on these MPB airwaves. All righty, man. It's going to be holidays. Number one thing I would suggest for holidays, take a kid to a garden center or take yourself to a garden center. Get you a big old pot that's just big enough where you can't put your arms around it. Get a bag of potting soil and fill it up. And stick you a couple of daffodil bowls, a couple of pansy bowls, maybe a kale. Uh, put something out there that you can look at out in the sun on your porch or your deck and focus on that. Don't watch the news. Focus on the pot of plants. It'll get us all through. And meanwhile, folks, hope you have a great holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Festivus, <laughs> whatever, but be safe and be careful and be considerate of others and hug when you get a chance. See y'all next week, folks. I'm going to go down to the pub and I'm going to get dirty. See y'all. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 